Hello, everyone, and welcome to Mike Springston FFC Coaching You in the Word podcast. We want to welcome those of you from around the country who have downloaded our teaching material. We pray that you're being blessed by it. We appreciate you being a part of our ministry. We always would love to hear from you at springston56 at gmail.com, mikespringstonministries.com, ffcma.org, or through Family Fellowship Chapel's uh, Facebook Messenger. Uh, We would love to hear your comments, your encouragements, your questions. Uh, At any rate, I hope you're enjoying the, the, pod, uh, the podcast. I want to welcome those of you that will hear it on Lift Him Higher Radio. Um, you all are all, each and every one that hears and listens and studies along with us are a blessing. Now, I'm going to share with you a message that I taught on Sunday night from the topic of heavenly communication. Uh, it is part four. We have taught on the part that Jesus Christ, our high priest and our Lord, plays in prayer. We have taught on the part the Holy Spirit plays in prayer. We have taught on the location of prayer, and now we're teaching on Paul's journey in 2 Corinthians chapter 12 into the third heaven where Paul was able to get into Uh, uh, direct communication and find an answer in grace for what Paul identified as his thorn in the flesh. Well, we're going to go into that teaching. I'll be back with you at the end of the uh, teaching tonight. Uh, And God bless you as you hear and study his word. Well, hello everyone. It is Sunday night. And it's 6 p.m. time for our Sunday evening Bible study. We're back tonight with part two of Heavenly Communication on the fourth part where we're talking about Paul's experience in the third heaven. So (coughs) without uh, spending any more time, I want to welcome all those of you that are going to come on with us tonight. Those of you that are going to view this later in the week. uh, Those of you that will listen to it on Lift Him Higher Radio, Mike Springston, FFC. And uh, uh, Mike Springston podcast coaching you in the word. Hi, Sharon. Hi, Marvin. Boy, I hope you're doing great, Marvin. I watch you on Facebook. I see you uh, uh, spreading the word of God. That does my heart great joy, man. I hope you're doing great. Um, so anyway, let's have a word of prayer, and then we'll go into the Bible study for tonight, Father. Open our eyes that we can see, our ears that we can hear, our hope that we, uh, our heart that we can understand, our eyes that we can see what the Word of God is saying to us. And then, Father, I ask you in the mighty name of Jesus to let us apply it to our, our lives and be changed into the image of your dear Son. Father, we sanctify ourselves, surrender ourselves, and yield ourselves to the Word of the Holy Spirit. May your Word come through the Holy Spirit, Jesus. May we yield to that and speak as you have spoken from the throne room of God. Bless us now, I pray, and minister in the name of Jesus Christ, our high priest, our Lord, and our God. Amen and amen. Hi, Charles. 1 Corinthians 12, 3 and 4. I knew a man in Christ above 14 years ago, whether in the body, I cannot tell, or whether out of the body, I cannot tell, but God knows. 
Such a one caught up to the third heaven, and I knew such a man, whether in the body or out of the body, I cannot tell you, God knoweth. How that he was caught up into paradise and heard unspeakable words, which is not lawful for man to utter. Paul is talking about his experience in the third heaven. Paul is talking about a man being able to be in two realms. One realm in the physical body and a second realm in the spiritual body. I spoke to you some about that this morning. Now, the concept of being in the spirit and transcending the realm of the flesh as we showed you this morning through the book of Acts, Ezekiel, uh, and many other places, is not abnormal in the economy of God. Life in the Spirit is life beyond the things that we can see. Now, I mentioned this to you this morning. I want to quickly clarify it because I closed the message this morning with it. Uh, there are three works in the process of identification in which the activity of the Holy Spirit becomes seen rather easily as it manifests itself in the seen world. Those acts are associated with our death to sin, our burial of our flesh, and the resurrected spirit of life that's in Christ Jesus that gives us the likeness of His resurrection by us taking on the spirit of life that's in Christ Jesus. Hi, Ellen. And so uh, these things are established in the believer. And those things become kind of obvious because someone might say to me, now why, why do you see these acts of the Holy Spirit that can be seen? Why do you say that? that they can be seen and manifested in the, in the seen world. True salvation will always accompany a change as we move from darkness into light. Now watch what I said. True salvation will always uh, accompany a change as we move from darkness to light. Those that say words and experience no change they just live the same old way, have not experienced any depth of true salvation. Now, true salvation results in a transition of acts and deeds. This new man begins to produce actions and deeds that are affiliated and associated and congruent with the fruit of the Spirit. Uh, these will quickly and very easily be identified by those who know the person best. Now, I want to show you this. Listen, the statement is often made about someone who gets saved, who finds the salvation of God and the transition inwardly that makes them different. Here's the statement that's made. They'll be talking to those they know best and the individual will say to them, My... You're different. What happened to you? You know that that's happened because that probably happened to you in your life. And that gave you the opportunity to talk about the transition of light that had come to you. Why you're not the same. Uh, one great 
song group sang a song about a daddy who had been mean to his children and his wife and when he got home after being saved he picked his son up who was hidden behind the door and said oh son don't worry you got a brand new daddy now see there are obvious things that are happening in the transition uh, that occurs in the plan of salvation that become obvious to the seen eye now this is a great process but eventually the individual should be taught how to understand what has happened. And they will recognize that the Holy Spirit has done a work in their spirit. Too frequently, people are totally left out in the cold to have any teaching or understanding of what picking up the cross means. What it means to you to be dead. What it means to you to bury the flesh. What it means to you to be risen in the likeness of Christ. And we don't teach that so people don't know what the transition is. They get real happy because something has changed on the inside of them. And what happens eventually they become, uh, they fall back into the old rut. Because they don't really understand the transition from darkness to light. And no one's telling them. Now. There are three works there that you can see. You can see death, you can see the burial, and you can see the resurrection, and they express themselves in the fruit of the Spirit. People begin to act differently. They talk differently. They think differently. Whenever they meet people they know, they are recognized that something isn't the same as it used to be. That's the transition from darkness into light. That is a seen, known manifestation in the seen world then there are three more works and two of them are not as evident first after the identification with the cross the tomb and the resurrection the believer must continue to follow christ paul said be it be ye followers of christ be followers of me even after as i follow christ now uh the holman bible calls that imitating imitate christ and I refer to it as identification. I, hi, Bobby. I want to identify with what Jesus has done, and I want to take it beyond the things that have transpired in me so that others see the difference. Now I want to transition into life in the Spirit. This is a message, my friends, that we're not being taught. We want to transition. We want to follow Jesus Christ and be intimate with his actions and his deeds. Paul said it this way. He said, I want to know him in the power that raised him from the dead. I want to know him in the power of his resurrection. Now, why was that? Because it was in the power of his resurrection that the Holy Spirit was seen. It was in the power of of the resurrection where the Holy Spirit was involved, that transitioned Jesus after he met Mary at the tomb, ascended him into glory where he became the high priest over his own sacrifice. You know, he sprinkled the blood on the vessels. Well, Peter said that we were to be a royal priesthood, a peculiar people, a holy nation. We are to imitate Christ. Now, in our prayer life, 
We must be able to transition into understanding that we have been called brethren, sanctified by the sanctifier for the purpose of being able to minister in the tabernacle and bring the sacrifice of praise before we approach God in prayer. The offering of the sacrifice of praise. Philippians chapter 3 verse 9 through 11 said, And be found in Him. Did you hear that word? And be found, that means to be identified in Him. My God. The world is using identification in every conceivable means that it can possibly be used on any and everything. And the church whom the process of identification and uh, imitation and following was designed to be a spiritual tool, has laid it down and the devil now has picked it up and is using it literally to bring evil into the world of such a nature that the thoughts and the actions of mankind have gone into places that we could not conceive but that we have read about in the word of God. He said, and be found in him, not having mine own righteousness. What's that mean? Well, that means that Paul has been to the cross. He's been to the tomb. And he came out of the resurrection, having now been made the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, which is of the law, but that which is through faith of Christ. Paul talks about that in Galatians chapter 2 and verse 20. And righteousness, which is of God by faith. Watch it now. That I may know Him, and the power of His resurrection, and the fellowship of His sufferings. Now watch, watch this here. Because there's going to be a large gap between this next concept. I want you to catch it. It's vital. Because Paul is talking about knowing the power of God in the power that rose Him from the dead. Because it is that power that ascended Him into glory. It is that power that made Him to operate as the high priest. That made Him to be Lord. And then brought Him back to earth. And again ascended him back to glory where he sat down on the right hand of God and became our man in the Godhead. Watch this gap. In verse 10, he said, and the fellowship of his sufferings. The fellowship. Well, when did that happen? Well, Jesus Christ suffered as we know, desperately on the cross to such an extent that man couldn't even look upon him because he was so ravaged by the behaviors of men and the sin that was placed upon him. Now watch the gap. And being made conformable unto his death. Okay? Being made conformable unto his death. Now watch the gap. If by any means I might attain to the resurrection of the dead. Now do you see the gap? There's a gap there. The gap goes from Calvary until the next time we see Jesus. In the middle of that, Paul is saying there's a resurrection power that is going to allow you to imitate Him, to follow Him, to go into the tabernacle as a priest in that gap because of the resurrection power of the Holy Spirit. That gap is critical, friends, and Paul talks about it in Philippians chapter 3 in verses 10 and 11. He said, if by any means, what is that means? 
That means is to identify with Christ Jesus. That means is to become a priest after the brotherhood of His holy priesthood. That means that there is a lordship of Jesus Christ, of which I'll speak a little bit about more in a minute. And then there is a man in the Godhead who has released something to us that is vital for us to be able to come to the point of the resurrection of the dead. Now, this power is what was accomplished in the resurrection that allowed Jesus to transition into the next three works of the Spirit. As I mentioned, first He became the high priest over His own sacrifice. We as His brethren must conclude, because we are His brethren, that we are to be priests and to offer sacrifices. And those sacrifices being sacrifices of praise. Praise about what? What Jesus has accomplished in us. Praise about the fact that He is the standard of righteousness. Praise about the fact that we are the righteousness now of God. Praise about the fact that we are in Him. Praise about the fact that He has become Lord. Praise about the fact that He has covered us in His body, in His blood, given us His faith, and showed us the complete process of God. My friend, we've got a thousand and one, a million and one, a plethora of things to offer as a sacrifice of praise. Now, second thing that happened here, He has become Lord. We are to relate to this position of Him being Lord and to utilize that position uh, as a part of the five works of which He has given to us in Mark chapter 16. You remember those five works? We'd cast down devils, speak with new tongues, nothing inside me or outside me would hurt me. Everyone I laid hands on would recover. And after he had ascended into heaven, the Bible said he confirmed the word with signs following. That all happened because of his lordship. Matthew 28, he said, all authority is given to me in heaven and earth. In that name, my friends, of his lordship, we have the five promises of the use of that name that Jesus gave us directly in Mark chapter 16. Now, Jesus told us a critical piece of information in John 14. He said, know this, greater works are you going to do after I go away. He was talking about the works that would be done because of His name and the works that would be done because of His prayer. Now, if we understand those things so far, we understand that we die, we bury the flesh. We're raised in His likeness of His resurrection and take on the spirit of life that's in Christ Jesus. We imitate now and follow Him beyond that. We have gotten great groups of people to follow Him to the cross. Those same great groups of people have struggled with life because they don't understand. Now what? Now what do we do? We have the flesh to deal with. We have our uh, sin nature to deal with. Now what? Well, my friend, we keep going. We don't stop there. We go to the tomb. We bury our flesh. We go to hell. We release it there. We raise with Jesus. Paul said, listen, I want to know Him in the power of His resurrection. So we have to have an identification with the resurrection of Jesus Christ. But the Word of God does not stop there. Because it is the high priest who has been touched with the feelings of our infirmities. It is through the high priest then 
that we have interest and access into the throne room of God boldly. So, as his brethren, we become priests because he is the high priest. Now in prayer, we are working our way into the throne room of God. John gave us another representation of that in 1 John chapter 4 and verse 4. He said, Ye are of God, little children, and have overcome them because greater is He that is in you than he that is in the world. Then there is the last work. Now we had three works that were seen by the seeing world. Then we had two works that were seen in the spirit world, but they were able, through the use of the priesthood and our sacrifice of praise, and the use of His name, to bring about manifestations from the spirit world and direct them into the natural world. And then the last work is definitely a seen work, because it is from that work um, that we identify with Him as the body in the Godhead, the man in the Godhead. How do we identify this? Well, from this position as being the man risen, ascended, seated at the right hand of God, he released the Holy Spirit. He baptized believers and they had an outward manifestation of an inward work. So the works associated with the cross have gone like this. They've gone inward to outward. And then they went inward to outward again. Those are the works of the cross, my friend. The outward work of the Holy Spirit is the revelation of power that makes us witnesses unto Him. Now then, Paul has been the generator of all of this information. He is the one that has shown us that a man could go into the third heaven. And he there could have a conversation with God, and, and not only have a conversation, but get an answer from God. And the answer would be that grace would be appropriated and directed to his very life. Not the grace that Paul went to get, because Paul wanted relief, but he had a grace in the Spirit that would make him so strong that he would rejoice and thank God for the attack against his flesh. Oh, we don't do that. We don't understand that because we're so wrapped in the flesh and the mind of flesh that we've never renewed our mind in the Spirit. Let's look what Paul said. He said, that man in verse 4 of chapter 12 of 1 Corinthians, uh, how that he, or 2 Corinthians, I believe it, how that he was caught up. This man was by force pulled away from where he was and plucked up. He was in a position where his flesh remained attached to the earth, but because he was in Christ, his spirit was available to be moved between heaven and earth. Now watch. The first three works are all manifested, and we see them in the seen world. The next work is the work of the priesthood. That is a work that is seen in the spirit world. The next work is the work of His Lordship. That is seen both in the spirit world and the natural world. And the last work is the work of the Holy Spirit. 
that is seen both in heaven and in earth. Paul was a man that was in Christ who had the ability to go between heaven and earth and do it in his spirit. Now here's the thing you need to know. You do too. You have that ability. All you have to do is understand how to do it. All you have to do is understand how to do it. I've been a coach all my life. And I can tell you that in coaching people how to do things, many of them started at absolute ground zero. And if they just did what they were taught to do, I used to have a saying, I will make you great if you will do exactly, explicitly, undoubtedly, and unquestionably what I'm asking you to do. And assimilate it as close as you can assimilate it and then work on it every day. That was my mantra as a coach. During my career, I coached the leading passer at every institution of which I ever coached. Why? Because that guy simply did what I told him to. I'm trying to tell you and all of those who listen to this, there is a means and a methodology to go from where you are to be able to get before God and have the economy of grace released, the open heaven of judgment, that is the grace of God released and the promises of God to be ministered on your behalf. But you have to understand the process. You have to understand the steps. Now, Paul could go between heaven and earth. So if Paul could do that, and Paul could talk about a man who went into the third heaven, and Paul could define and describe things that he heard that were so phenomenal that he felt like they may not even have been lawful for him to see. Then you and I could do the same. Why? Because the way Paul did it is the same way you and I have to do it. Paul had to get in the Spirit. He had to walk in the Spirit. He had to think in the Spirit. His soul had to be transformed into a soul, mind, will, and emotion that identified with Jesus Christ, our High Priest, our Lord, and our God. His mind had to go there. We look at people today identifying as all kinds of things, but those of us that look at them say, well, you're not that at all. You're not a dog, you're not a cat, you're not a bear, you're not a tiger. You can put on a tiger suit, but we unzip it and it's you. But in their mind, they have identified. Their soul has been turned over to think that way. Well, the truth of it is, is Paul has told us in Philippians chapter 3, if we remember the scripture, Paul said that I may know him uh, and be found in him. Be found to identify with him. See, that's what Paul is saying. I want to be found in him. To be able to be identified with the power that caused him to suffer and will cause people to be raised from the dead. The gap, my friend. It's the power of God through the Holy Spirit of which Paul was living. Hi, Joyce. Paul said... Uh, then he went into the, that uh, how he was caught up into paradise. He went into a place where there is a different lifestyle. This surroundings of all things that pertain to our future happiness. Here's the key. Here's the key. Get in Christ. If you get in Christ and you begin to walk in the understanding of his names, my friend... 
you can vacillate between here and there. How do I know that? Because Paul said you could. A man who was in Christ was caught up. Why does this seem so far-fetched whenever we as Christians are awaiting the moment when we will be caught up in our spirit to be with the Lord and there we will be with Him for eternity? Why is that so far-fetched? See, we have a belief in what Jesus Christ has done, what He has made available to us for eternal life, but we have never understood that the eternal economy of God belongs to us right now because we can find Him in the resurrection power that will take us from the moment that He suffered all the way through to the moment that the trumpet sounds and we see Him in the sky. We can do it. The plan of God was manifested under that condition. Paul said he was caught up into paradise and heard. Now we're talking about Paul's spirit being able to be communicated with. Huh. Paul was hearing something. Paul heard his own with his own spiritual ears and was made, now watch this, made to understand things that are in and from the supernatural world. Someone said, yeah, but pastor, that was Paul. No, but people, that was a man of flesh and blood that went into the third heaven and got revelation and visions out of God. The same thing, by the same pattern, why do you think it's in the word of God? By the same pattern of which you and I should be doing the thing, same thing, but the devil has stolen the tool of divine, divine identification. Hmm. But yet we're told that we can have the divine nature. Isn't, isn't it great to know that a man can go in the Spirit? If he's in Christ, he can hear things that are supernatural. He can see things that are supernatural. Paul referred to them as unspeakable words because in his spirit these words left him speechless. They were visions and revelation. Remember he started off by saying, I'm not going to glory about anything, but I'm going to just tell you, I, I'm going to get revelation and I'm going to get glory. It's no wonder that Paul was so deeply influenced and convinced of the truth of the message of which he preached. It's no wonder because Paul had not had a topical idea. Paul had not had a mental ascent. Paul had died. He had buried the flesh. He had resurrected in the likeness of Christ. And from the time he suffered until the time he died, he filled in that gap with the power of the Holy Spirit. Glory to God. What a revelation, my friend. The narrative of which he heard were upon topics of which he could only receive as revelation. That's what he's saying. They're unspeakable words. They're, they're revelation to me. Then he said, which is not lawful for a man to utter. It's not right for what he saw and heard to be put out to the public as, as just an idle word. We often hear preachers use language that I like to refer to as shout language. You've heard them. They use these terms. God's about to. God's about to bless you. God's about to heal you. 
God's about to give you a job. God's about to buy you a car. God's about to send you resources. Everybody jumps up and down. They shout. They, they, they dance around and people go home driving the same old clunker. Living in the same old house. Going to the same old job. And they wonder, instead of what God is about to do, they wonder about God. They wonder about God. That preacher told me. That preacher said this, that, or the other. It's shout language. Why? Because there's no revelation in it. There is no manifestation of it. But, this had been brought to Paul in the Spirit. Now, if you want to shout on something, get in the Spirit and get a revelation of it. Get in the Spirit of God and get a revelation of it. Get in the Word of God. Take the Word of God. Die. This is in prayer, as you know. I go to the cross and die. I go to the tomb and bury my flesh. I go to hell, and there in hell I take on the likeness of the resurrection, and a new light is shed that brings me into the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. I follow Him as he, in my spirit now. I follow Him into the tabernacle where I offer the, the sacrifice of praise. After I go through all of the elements of the tabernacle, I move then into the approach into the throne room of God. There I begin to talk to Jesus, to, to the Father. I talk to Christ and I talk to the Holy Spirit. And I call on His Lordship. I pray about you. I pray about everybody in my family. I pray about our church. I pray about our needs. I pray about everything because I am seeking the absolute grace of the Father and the release of grace into my life, into your life, into our church's life, into my revelation. That's why in the middle of the night when I wake up and I begin to pray, the Holy Spirit begins to speak to me in revelation. Do you think that you're hearing this message that is coming directly from the Word of God because I, out of this little pea brain, Decided to, oh, that, I'll just talk about that for a while. No, my friend, these are revelations out of the throne room of God. They will minister to you and open up your prayer life until you will obtain grace and mercy. Now then, you will become a priest that ministers unto those you love. You will be able to communicate directly through the Spirit, into the throne room of God, exactly as Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 14. Talk to Him directly and He will talk to you. And the Holy Spirit will give you guidance, insight, understanding, concepts, ideas, reproof, judgment, and righteousness that will minister in your world. And when you need something to say at the spur of the moment when you're being pressed by evil, the Holy Spirit will speak it into your spirit. My friend, this thing is real. There's no question about it. There's no, no, no reason if you take the Word of God, listen to these studies, take the Word of God and read it for yourself, that anyone can't come to the conclusion that there is a reason that there were more things accomplished after the cross. There was a reason things happened after the cross. You see that?
Now I'm going to stop right here. I've got more of this to go. I'll probably wind up teaching on this again next Sunday night, or as, as the case may be, I, I don't know when I'll finish this. But I want to tell you something, friends. If we understand how to identify with Jesus Christ, our high priest, our Lord, and our man in the Godhead, heaven opens up to us. Heaven absolutely opens up to us. And then He begins, the Father begins, to give us the open heaven of judgment, which is His grace, which is His gift to us. What does grace give us? Every promise. Every promise. That was in Christ Jesus. That was in the spirit of life. That was in the, the freedom of sin. That was in the ability for you to die to your flesh. That was in the ability for you to become a priest that ministers in the tabernacle. And that becomes a minister who is in complete unity of the stature of Christ. To minister to other people. Now you become a witness unto Him, my friend. With the power of the Holy Ghost. From the cross to the resurrection of the dead. Father, I thank You today for Your Word. I pray that You will bless and minister to Your people. Open our eyes, God, that we can see. Our ears that we can hear. And our heart that we can understand. And then, God, let us see it so clearly that we apply it to our life. And then, as the open heaven of judgment pours out grace from the windows of heaven of which there is too much for us to receive, may we continually offer the thanks of gratitude for your graciousness, for your mercy, as we experience your glory. In the name of Jesus Christ, my High Priest, my Lord and my God. Amen and amen. Well, I hope you enjoyed that. That, of course, was from Sunday night, 6 p.m. Bible study. You could always catch that on Family Fellowship Chapel's Facebook post. I want to thank you for listening. I want to thank you for downloading. I have extended the offer for you to contact us. We'd love to come and be with you. We'd love to come and communicate with you. At any rate, I want you to know that as you leave me today, if you'll find him as Lord, he'll be Lord over everything in heaven, in earth, and in the underworld. But then if you'll find him as your man in the Godhead, you'll find a method of communication flowing from the throne room of God that'll work through a river of living waters and minister into your life, direction, instruction. It'll minister peace. It'll minister joy. It'll minister the glory of God. He'll communicate to you through the Holy Spirit and make your life one that is a life that is more blessed, that is deeper, that is more spiritual than you can ever imagine. And all of a sudden, the flesh and the needs thereof will fall by the wayside. May God bless you as you continue to seek Him until we speak again.